Ah, yes, our number two on a Friday. Last show of the year for us. We hope you have great New Year's plans. Maybe you're just going to get comfortable and check out those two semifinals and all the great bowl action and then just roll into some Sunday NFL. We're going to talk about all of that with Brandon Lang coming right up. After I remind you that the two Texas basketball teams are in action tomorrow, Texas men at OU starting conference play, 1 o'clock tip, 12.30 pregame right here on the Horn. The women will start conference play against Kansas State over at the Moody Center. That is tomorrow at 2, 145 pregame on 105.3 The Bat. All right, let's get to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline for one of our favorite segments of the week. It is Brandon Lang. BrandonLang.com. Check out the Believe Me Show with Cordell Stewart. He's turned Cordell Stewart into a betting expert before our eyes. Brandon Lang, we had a lot of folks around here sweating out Cowboys minus 13 and a half last night. What were you doing doing during that one? Well, let's let's. Uh, I didn't touch that game. I was college football, but I, let's let's. We'll get back to that in a second. Yeah. I was just saying to your producer, college basketball is 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 sick. The sickness of of stuff that goes on. So North Carolina Pitt. So mm-hmm. I had a two I had two team parlay with Maryland NC State under first half winner, and then I took Pitt plus six, and that looks like it's going to be a winner. But the total. So with ten seconds to go, the total in the game is one forty nine. With 10 seconds to go, it's 76-69 pit. So we're up seven. So North Carolina is just going to dribble down, jack up a shot. They miss, grab the rebound, no foul. The game falls in 145. Except love for North Carolina comes down, shoots a 30-foot bank, and hits it. Oh, no. That puts it at 148 <laughs> with five seconds to go. Now, all Pitt has to do is inbound it, get fouled, you know, one free throw push, two free throws over. And game's over. Except Pitt can't get the ball in, so they throw it away. So North Carolina gets the ball. They call timeout five seconds to go. It's at 140, 148. And Pitt can't get it in. There's about a five-second call. And a guy breaks underneath for a layup. Good. There's your over. It's just psychotic. The stuff that goes on. People say, what do you love most? College basketball. Hey, there's so many games. Yeah. There's so many point spreads, and there's so much craziness goes on every, and it's every <laughs> single day. It's not like college bat, college football where we wait till Thursday, we get a Thursday game and a Friday game and a Saturday game, and that's it. College basketball is every day. It's an addiction. It's just an absolute addiction on the face of the planet. It's just watching these games, know what the side is, know what the total is, watch these games come down the wire, the bad beats, the good beats. Psychotic. You guys called right as I was watching the, the end of this game, and it's just nuts That's... how these games fall. All these games, how these games fall right around the number. Cowboy game last night. I mean, that line. Vegas needed. Vegas got hurt last night. Vegas. Vegas. The, the sports books got stung a little bit last night. They. 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 This little dent in their wallet closing out 2022 because the, uh, the entire world, entire world. Was on Dallas last night. They covered that. They covered that thirteen now. Psychotic. Yep. Psychotic. Yeah. They just barely, barely got there. All right, Brandon. Uh, we have not gotten a lot of your thoughts on the semifinals yet, since uh, they are coming up obviously tomorrow. So uh, let's get uh, let's get into it here. How about TCU Michigan? Uh, I'm seeing Michigan by seven and a half. You gave us that crazy stat about TCU a couple weeks ago trying to cover every single game. I think they came up one short. Give me your thoughts on uh, on Sunny Dykes crew plus seven and a half. Do you know why you get blowouts 
in the national semifinals. Why you get blowouts? Teams that why you get blowouts in the national semifinal? Because teams that shouldn't get teams that shouldn't be there get there. It's been an unbelievable year for TCU. No denying it. No denying it at all. And things fell absolutely perfect for them to get there. USC getting upset and, and, and then kind of Alabama losing two games, both on the last play of the game. And because they had two losses, the committee just can't put them in over a one loss team. Although if you put a gun to my head and say, who should the four teams be? They should be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Alabama. Without question, one of the losses was without, was without Bryce Young. Nick Saban had a great argument. So we have a TCU team that had to come back in the fourth quarter to win four games. Does that sound like a dominant national championship final four team? Yes or no? It does not. Not, not no. really. No. That's a good point. You're right. So when you when you lay it out in that manner, you go through your conference schedule and you just struggle. You shouldn't have beat Baylor. You lost to Kansas State. Oh, uh, West Virginia took you to the wire. Oklahoma State had you. I mean, it's just like, yeah, there were some blowouts. There were some impressive wins. But you kind of step back and say, it couldn't even be K-State in the conference championship game. Come on bro, and now you're going to step up and beat a Michigan team that went into Ohio State and won by three touchdowns? I mean, just take a minute and stay. That's a quick question. Could TCU have gone into Ohio State and beat them by three touchdowns? Yes or no? Oh, no. No, no. Uh -uh. (laughs) Not at all. Not even a question. No. So why do we think TCU is going to have a chance against Michigan? Why why do we think that? Why why do we think? Why? Because they're just Cinderella? Well, Cinderella had to give her stuff up at midnight, and the prince went the other way. So, I'm sorry. I hate the double-digit blowout, boys. The slipper ain't happened. Give me a thigh-high boot, maybe, but the slipper's gone. So, there we go. Fair enough. Yeah, if you look at these bowl games, too, with the Big 12, they're 1-5 right now, and the only win came from Texas Tech. So, that should show you something about TCU and where that is. So, good point there, B-Lang. Now, let's look at this other game, Ohio State and Georgia. Georgia, minus 6.5, and, and you just mentioned Ohio State. They're a little PO'd with what happened against Michigan, so they can't wait to get back on that field. The over is 62.5. Who do you like in this one? Don't be surprised to see Ohio State shock the world. Man. Now you say B. Lang. Put down the edibles, baby. <laughs> Put down the edibles. To, uh, if she hit the bong all of a sudden, bro, get sober. No, I'm just saying. The, the SEC as a whole this year is down. It wasn't the dominant SEC we're used to. Secondly, this Georgia team is nowhere near the dominant Georgia team of last year. Georgia, Georgia last year was full of NFL players. So this year's Georgia team, amongst all the hype, has rolled through the SEC. They got themselves here. But there's a couple games I just I can't shake. I can't shake the fact that against that Tennessee defense that wasn't really that good. They only scored 28 points at home. And I can't get past the, the, the game against Kent State, where it was a one-score game in late in the third quarter. And I can't get past the game at Missouri where they were down by three with four minutes to go. 
And so, yeah, they were they, they blew out some people. But if you look at their schedule, they, they, they didn't play Alabama, so they dodged Alabama. Kentucky, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Florida was down. Vandy, Auburn was down. I mean, you know, they caught South Carolina early in the year. But they played Missouri, almost lost. Auburn was down. Vandy was down. Florida was down. Tennessee has no defense. Mississippi State, Mississippi State, Kentucky, LSU. And LSU went up and down the field on them for a quarter and a half until Daniels tweaked his ankle and became unmobile, and then the game just got out of hand. This is an Ohio State team with a, with, with a two-time Heisman Trophy finalist, a couple of NFL-wide receivers, and an offensive and defensive line that people are just starting like they're a team out of the MAC conference. I'm sorry. I, I, it's been a great story. But do you understand how hard it is to repeat? It's hard to repeat. And I had Georgia last year. I had him in the first game against Alabama. I had him in the second game against Alabama. But I just, I'm not a believer. And maybe I'm going to take it on the chin. And okay, I'll, I'll go forward. But I'm not going to pass up this Ohio State team with a month to prepare um, with the elite athletes that they have. And they had one game where they just didn't play well. And that was against their rival. Well, rival games are different. Rival games throw them out. They're just different. This is a neutral field. I'm more of a home field for Georgia, but... I'm sorry. I think Ohio State stays toe-to-toe with them. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State winning the game outright, but I'll take them plus the seven. I bought it from six and a half up to seven. Buckeyes definitely have an edge about them right now. We'll see if they can uh, make Brandon right on that. Uh, again, BrandonLang.com. Uh, we talk to Brandon each and every Friday as we get ready for the big games. All right, Brandon, since you already mentioned Bama, let's go there. If they're focused and ready, I think Bama could blow K-State away. But if they lose it, their fans will have all the excuses about why they weren't ready to play. Bama, six and a half in this Sugar Bowl. Do you think it's a game? That's why I'm staying away. Okay. Because that's the, that's the one game of all the athletes on Bama's side, Will Anderson and, and, and all the number one draft choices they have. What we're finding in these bowl games is we just don't want kids are showing up. Guys in the portal, guys transferring, guys are playing, guys play, you know, guys play one quarter and they sit down. I, I can't, you can't gauge the emotion. And this is the one game because Bama should be there. I mean, how do you discount a team that loses two games literally on the last play of the game. Those are the two losses, and one was without their quarterback. So does Nick get them fired up and motivated? To me, this is Kansas State Super Bowl. They're going to be fired up. But I don't want to be on the wrong side where I'm on Alabama and they do show up, and then you're sitting there when they're up 21 going, well, <laughs> this is the team that should have been there. Yep. And it happens. So this is the one I'm leaving alone. I'm just not, not going to go there. There's some, other, there's some other value on the card that I like, um, but that's not one of them. Yeah, no, that's fair. I understand that. Let's go to the Rose Bowl, B-Lang. Utah Pac-12 champs who beat USC in that game going up against a Penn State team, which their only losses came to two teams there in the college football playoff, Ohio State and Michigan. Who do you like in this one? Utah minus two. The over is 52 and a half. Utah's legit, boys. Utah's legit. I'm all over Utah. They're, they're legit. And when you watch them play, they're physical. They got athletes. They got boys that can play. Um, this isn't Utah versus Ohio State last year where they just stood toe-to-toe and ran out of gas. Penn State's had a great year. I get it. But Utah, Utah's legit. They really are. They've had, they had one bad game, and that was at UCLA where the game got kind of out of hand. And, well, the Florida game, first game of the year in the Swamp. And I remember coming on your show and saying that's a tough place to play. Take Florida plus the three. They lost at UCLA by 10 with a three-point game in the fourth quarter. They just couldn't get it done. And then they had the three-point loss at Oregon. Other than that, 
I mean, they've they blown people out. Stanford, 42-7. Arizona, 45-20. Uh, beat USC. Um, Oregon State. Oregon State, which absolutely destroyed Florida in their bowl game. Mm-hmm. Blew the doors off in 42-16. Blew out USC in the Pac championship game, 47-24. I'm all over Utah minus two and a half. Yeah, I agree with you there, Brandon. I'll be shocked if Penn State can hang out with them. All right, before we switch to the NFL, there's that Notre Dame-South Carolina Bowl tonight. Uh, Today, there's Tennessee-Clemson tonight. Anything else in college on the bowls that you want to hit before we go NFL? Yeah, get on South Carolina today. Okay. Get on South Carolina. I don't care who you are. You you put up 63 on Tennessee, you expect a letdown. You expect expect a a letdown, a no-show. And then they turn around and went right into Death Valley and put up 31 on that Clemson defense and beat that Notre Dame new quarterback, tight end gone, couple of the offensive linemen, in South Carolina plus three and a half. All right. Uh, now, going to the NFL, only one winning matchup. Let's get it out of the way. Monday night, Buffalo, Cincinnati. It's basically a pick 'em. I'm seeing Buffalo by one. What do you tell people about games like this at this point of the season? Call me Santa Lang. <laughs> All right. I Santa Lang. All right. Drinking a drinking a rum and coke in my sleigh with the reindeer after a long night of work. <laughs> Bengals plus the one win the game outright. Do you guys understand what a cash cow the Bengals are? Let me just explain this to you. They lose. They, they failed to cover their first two games of the year. That was because Joe Burrow was banged up and, and and he wasn't really in rhythm and he was he was done. Then they reel off five straight covers. Five straight covers. Then on Monday night, they lay an egg, get blown out against Cleveland, and they drill off six straight covers. This team's covered 11 of their last 12 games. Think about that. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. They've covered 12 of their last 13 games. 12 and 1 against the spread, their last 13. They're winning this game, boys. They're winning this game. I don't know what the infatuation is with Buffalo. People just love Buffalo. They're just in love with Josh Allen. I'm telling you, the Bengals offensively with their receivers are going to shred this fraud of a Buffalo defense. The Bengals are a gift. Yeah, right. they're looking to get back, right back in that Super Bowl and with everybody healthy. It's yeah. looking good for the Bengals. All right, B. Lang, let's go to Lambeau Field. This is an interesting look right here. Packers versus the Vikings. In Green Bay, Packers are getting minus three, and they're seven and eight, while the Vikings are twelve and three. Who are you liking this one? Gift number two. <laughs> I gave my reindeer just straight up vodka and doggy bowls, and just let them get hammered after they did a long night's work, bro. Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur together since they've been head coach and quarterback in the month of December are a documented and validated 15 and O at Lambeau field. They've never lost a game in December together. Secondly, this is the worst pass defense in the N F L. This is a team that was losing to the Indianapolis Colts 33 to nothing. <laughs> this is a team that went to Detroit and got absolutely punked by the Lions who blew them out 34-23. 
This is a team that was trailing the Giants in the fourth quarter and needed another comeback with a quarterback named Daniel Jones of the Giants. And now you're telling me that all of a sudden with this horrible defense, you're just going to arrive in Lambeau Field and go, we're here, we're here, we're going to play great today. Are you out of your mind? This is the worst 10 and 3 football team, 11 and 3 football team I've seen in my 30 years of doing this for a living. They're ugly to watch. They're as lucky as can be. The whole team should have moved to Vegas and just gambled every day. They're living on borrowed time. Aaron Rodgers closed them out on Sunday. Oh, I hope you're wrong, but I think you're right. That Green Bay team is on a roll right now. They're looking pretty good. Talking with Brandon Lang, brandonlang.com. All right, Brandon, let me see if I can find another gift here under the tree. I'll fish with Tom Brady minus three in this weird Bucks panthers bad division game. Is that a gift? The Brandon Lang 2023 three-team parlay. Bengals Monday night. Packers minus three over the Vikings and take the Panthers up to plus three and a half over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, just as I said to start the NFL segment that the Cincinnati Bengals have the best record against the spread in the NFL, I give you the worst team in the NFL against the spread. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have only covered three games all year gets better like the Bengals who failed to cover their first games of the year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers (laughs) covered their first two games of the year at Dallas and New Orleans. They were two and oh, the whole world is saying they go into the Super Bowl, baby. They go into the Super Bowl. They covered one game. That was at Seattle in London stateside, not London stateside. (laughs) The Tampa Bay Buccaneers since week two have not covered a single game. Ouch. It's unreal, bro. Wow. I'm taking the Panthers plus three and a half. This is a bad football team that just is so lucky. But Carolina punched them in the mouth 19-3 the first meeting. That offensive line, that run game, it's not going to be a blowout. Well, Tampa Bay's not good enough offensively to be a blowout. This game's going right down to the wire. Take the Panthers plus three and a half. Nice. Got one, Zach? Yeah, I got one. Last one for me, B. Lang. Another game with playoff implications. The Miami Dolphins are going to Foxborough. The play against Bill Belichick and the Patriots with Teddy Bridgewater. It's minus two New England. Who do you like in that one? Whoever wins moves up to that seventh spot. What is wrong with people. The boy cracks his head against the turf, goes over to the sidelines. His his former players are talking to him. Coaches come over. He's on the phone with the offensive coordinator. And you tell me you can't tell me something's not right. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. The boy's concussed, man. Nah, let's keep him in the game. He's fine. (laughs) And the two picks, the two picks he threw in the fourth quarter. Guys, you ever had a concussion? See, I got concussed for about a week one time. And when you're concussed, what happens is, is that when you look straight out, you have blurred vision and, and the color scheme all becomes one color. So you can look out and green is blue and blue is green. So you don't, you just don't know. So when you throw the ball, you think you're throwing the ball to the blue, but you're throwing it to the green because you don't know. It's just all one big blurred vision of 
gobble, gobble, gooba, gooba. So when Tua goes out there in the fourth quarter, he really thought he was throwing to a Miami guy when he was throwing to a Green Bay guy. He When he went back over the sidelines, everybody comes over, it's going to be all right. He's like, I thought it was, I thought it was you. They look like you. I didn't know it was you. It just look like you. And now after the game, it comes out that he was concussed and he's in the concussion protocol. You let a man play two quarters of football concussed. Like no coach talked to him and goes, uh, he's a little off right now. Right. But if, you, have, you have the most highly rated medical people coach in the world surrounding your players. This boy probably couldn't have spelled his name in the fourth quarter, but we're going to leave him in there. Because his coach looks like he's the manager of the geek squad at Best Buy. That's the problem. First of all. <laughs> this guy's running the geek squad at Best Buy. He's got the black glasses. Bring your computer in. Uh, you got a virus in there. It's Trojan number 38X4. We'll get it in here and fix that for you in two seconds. Seriously. <laughs> He doesn't know if Tua's got a concussion or not. So with all that being said, I like Teddy Bridgewater because all Teddy Bridgewater does is win. I think Teddy Bridgewater's a better fit to fix into it, and I'm taking the Dolphins plus the point to the Patriots. Ooh, how about that? All right, Brandon, before we let you go, anything else in the NFL that we missed? No, you hit every game because you let me tell the Tua concussion story. Yeah, so, baby. He might, no. he might end up being colorblind. He oh. might, you know what? Because he might end up dating the girl that ghosted Man Tai <laughs> That That might be going right oh now. My God. That might be going Oh, my God. I thought it was bad enough. And he just threw that in? Oh, my yeah. goodness. When you thought it yeah. couldn't get any more B-Lang, you get a B-Lang cherry on the Sunday at the end. That was fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Terrific. Uh, Brandon Lang, as always, we appreciate all of your efforts in 2022. You have yourself a great new year, and we'll keep it rolling next week, brother. Got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, B-Lang. <laughs> Yo. Oh, my God. Mike McDowell, he does look like a – Geek Squad, dude. Did he you, hit that on the money. Did you see that moment where they asked him how it feels to watch Tua go through what he's going through? And he just leans into the microphone. I can't even remember the word he used. It was like, difficult? And they just stopped. Or, I can't remember the, the one word he used, but it was so inauthentic. Yeah. It just didn't feel like, I'm sure he cares. I'm sure he cares about Tua. I'm not trying to insinuate that he doesn't. It just, he getting, he gives off this vibe of, I mean, Brandon nailed it. He gives off the vibe of super nerd that just does not have normal human emotions. Yeah. He's a Yale grad, very smart guy, very witty when it comes to offensive play calling and stuff. And this is his first head coaching gig, so we're really starting to see him on the podium and press conferences and stuff. And he's a quirky guy. Oh, he is. He, he's definitely a quirky guy. Doesn't he? Doesn't look like a NFL coach. Like look at him, and then look at Dan Campbell. Two oh, yeah, completely right. different type of guys and yeah. how they go about things and how they look too. Oh, my God. It was, yeah, it's crazy. Big, long, drawn out, thoughtful question of he's going through this. How does it feel to watch your quarterback? Terrible. <laughs>
<laughs> I was like, okay, thanks, thanks, coach. Uh, yeah, it looks like it is going to be Teddy Bridgewater in that game, Miami and New England. How about that? B. Lang saying, saying go with the uh, with the Dolphins plus two and a half. Man, I hope he's right about that one too. It's going to be cold as hell, so it will be. be ready. Yeah, maybe. And Bridgewater's been through some of that too. He's dealt with some crazy, uh, crazy games from time to time. All right, coming up at two oh five, we will round out the Longhorn discussion with Jeff Ketchum of Orange Bloods after the game last night. What was the Orange Bloods message board going off on late, late, late after that game last night? And what are they talking about today? We'll get Ketch's thoughts on it at 2. Up next, it is a little flex segment for you. We'll look back at year one of Flex on the Horn right here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I think I've got this one. Is this song called Fame? Yes, or, Fame. Yeah, Fame. And I think a good example of this guy's range. This is David Bowie, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, this dude. This uh, this guy could do a lot of different things. This is a great example of it, too, because this is a funky-ass song. Oh, yeah, got great funk to it. Right? There is a funk nastiness to that song. And to realize it's David Bowie... That, that guy was, uh, there's a great documentary on Bowie's the last few years of his life, a few years ago, and there is something to be said for the artists that truly don't care what you think and change themselves multiple times. Yeah. Right to the, right to the bitter end. They do not care about the critics. They don't care about the ratings. They don't care about, do I get a number one hit? They're just doing what their vision says they should do. Yeah. And that was David Bowie. Yeah, I don't know... How I used to handle drugs, but sometimes the drugs will take you somewhere. Yeah. And you gotta just flow with it. Yeah, I'm gonna guess David did a drug. Yeah, he probably did a little bit. Did a drug yeah, did a little. I can picture this song being played in the background to Pete Maravich highlights. <laughs> and Pete Maravich was just giving everybody that worked on no look passes. <laughs> Between the leg layups, just crazy stuff that Pete Maravich was famous for coming out of LSU. That is a weird, weird way to look at that, but I can see it. Yeah, you see it? absolutely. Yeah. I can see. I can see it. All great passes <laughs> and all that. Yeah, absolutely. David Bowie, Queen, who did a really popular song together back in the day, and uh, Anthrax, all a part of the show today so far. We hope you are having a good Friday, trying to process what happened to the Longhorns last night, rounding out their season at eight and five, losing twenty. 7 to 20. We'll get back to that. Cowboys win 27-13. Say what you will about the Cowboys, but how about this stat? They've won their 12th game of the year. First back-to-back 12 win seasons for the Cowboys 
since 94-95. Okay, Big Mike. And that's 12 wins without the extra game. Give them credit for what they are. I understand. Look, I live with what they're not sometimes. But I've said it all year. I dig this team. I'll follow this team. I'll live and die with this team. I think they'll die before the Super Bowl. I don't think they're that team. But, man, I enjoy watching them. I like the team. They have their flaws. Yes, they're not perfect. But that's a 12-win football team right now, and that's more than some people thought, Zay. Some people didn't think they were getting to 12 this year. I was one of them. I thought it'd be kind of a 9-11 to neighborhood, and that was good enough in that division. Obviously, the Eagles proved everybody wrong on that one. But they've gotten to 12. The fact that they got to 12 and they're not going to win that division tells you what is going on right now in the NFC. Yeah, you would think they would naturally take a step back with Amari Cooper moving on to Cleveland and not having them. We didn't know what uh, CeeDee Lamb would be as the number one. He proved everybody wrong this year. You missed Dak Prescott for five games. You somehow go four and one during that stretch. So it's it's been really impressive. You got to give love to Mike McCarthy and what he's done with this club because everybody had questions about firearms. People still kind of want him canned. And want Dan Quinn to, you know, become the head coach or something ridiculous like that. But hey, you got to give credit where it's due. And hey, even credit to Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, because getting Michael Parsons that year that he did not play at Penn State, that could have made a lot of teams not want to pick him up and say, "Uh, how much does he want to play football? Hey, you struck gold on that pick. So with all the injuries and adversity that you've had this season, being being a 12-win team with another week to go, that, that's impressive. All right, so what did you think of the white uniforms? Fire. I love those uniforms. I kind of dug them, too. I love them. I loved them back when uh, they wore them in the 90s, when they used to play those crazy games with uh, San Fran and whatnot. You, you made a great point about the, the blue on the shoulders. They put enough blue striping on the pants, and that was the first time the Cowboys have ever worn a white helmet with the regular star on it. Normally, really? normally when they wear the white helmet, they go with the solid blue star. Old school. They do it as a throwback, as right, a tribute. Right. That is the first time. That's why I reacted yesterday when I saw it on Twitter. I'm like, whoa, whoa, the normal star with a white helmet? First time we'd ever seen that. I thought it looked clean, and they played pretty well in it, too. So... You know what? I'll allow that once a year. Maybe once you know, Once a year? Come on, old man. Well, what do you want to do? Half the games or something? Yeah. Dude, that silver helmet's still pretty badass. It is. Let it me is. get by like three games of it. Three? Why not? You don't wear the blue enough. That's a problem for me. I think the blue should get at least five of them things. Like the, everybody the, else gets the blue jerseys. Away, the blue jerseys. But the Cowboys are so traditional and set in their own ways. They're all they wear the whites like 80% of the year. The classic whites that everybody knows and loves. They wear it at home. They go against the grain there. They've been doing that for right. hell no, since been, the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, they, they call their own rules anyway. Why not? How about this? That white helmet every year for Thanksgiving and one other game. How about that? And then the and they'll go blue jerseys twice too. See, this is why you ain't got no style, because you see the way you be thinking? <laughs> uh, I ain't going to lie. You're, you're fly today with your Mike Evans shirt. That, that's, Mi- that's a fly shirt. But overall, this on. is why your style just oh, been, you know, kind of dragging. Suspect. Over, yeah, a little yeah, sus. suspect. A little okay. sus. They look, they look great, though. They did look good. They look great. And if they make a mini helmet, I'll buy it. Speaking of style, Steve Sarkeesian fit yesterday. Cowboy hat. Did you dig it? I was feeling it. Wasn't a bad look, Mayor Sark. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't love it because I didn't think he was. I didn't think he believed it. 
I didn't think he believed it. I thought he, I thought he was trying to make it work. I just didn't think he quite bought it. He doesn't feel like a cowboy hat guy to me. Boots, yeah, it just didn't. He, to me, he didn't pull it off. What do you, what do you want? Lasso and spurs? You want to give him all that to just, make it believable? What I do you want from the guy? I just didn't feel it. When you're the Texas head coach, why do you need to go hokey cowboy hat at the the bowl in San Antonio? Just show up. Like you don't need to go first place rodeo belt buckle. Like you're, you're going way. You're out of here today. You're, I, you're, no, you're I'm not on one. I'm not asking him to go. Like maybe actually maybe the Pat McAfee belt For, buckle would have yeah. been, been a good idea. <laughs> For somebody that was hating on the Taco Bell look. This was basic, but, you know, the cowboy hat in San Antonio for the Alamo Bowl, I dug it. Okay. Now he looked all right. If you're going to go cowboy hat, though, for me, just, just go full, like, I would have gone, he should have gone with, like the, like, a, like, the villain look, like a black, like a dark color look. Not the black hat, necessarily, but go more of a, you know, I don't know. I just felt like it was a hat, and then the rest of his outfit didn't quite go with the hat. If you're going to go, yeah. go. You know right. what I mean? I just felt like he got dressed and then somebody threw the hat on his head. Okay. Go full. If you're going to go, let's go full. You're in San Antonio. Might as well go with that. What they call them? The bolo ties? Yeah. The westerny tie. Like, let's go. You and L'Oreal go shop and find it. Find that full <laughs> outfit, man. All right. Uh, real quick here. Let's get you a Flex 30 segment and uh, we'll pay tribute to the Flex folks in 2022. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, let's give uh, the Flex folks their love. Snoop Daniel, Zach Lucero, uh, Cameron Parker, uh, Ty Henderson, Nolan Hogan, um, the 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 I reporters that are out there each and every week during football season. And heck, they're still out there now in basketball season. Derek Cohen covering it. Derek Cohen, of course, um, for all the great work he does. FLXATX.com. We appreciate all of you for being patient with us in year one of this Flex thing. It's the first year. Where where we really focused in on it on the shows and it was put into all the shows and we're trying to keep up like one of our bosses likes to say about all of us they'll say well you guys are the experts but he's not talking about me he's not talking about Aaron Hogan he's not talking about you know like Bucky to a degree Bucky's calling games every single week there are some of us that are trying to catch up to this thing and learn a little bit more about what's going on heck Zay's out there calling high school basketball games each and every uh, season he's been following it a lot closer so for me it's been about learning the names trying to keep up with these things and Zay I can tell you after a season that I know the name Cedric Alexander. I might not have without Flex. And I know a lot of those other names, too. But it's not just the seniors. I know a name like Ed Small, who's only a sophomore, about to be a junior. We talked about those guys uh, the other day, Stover at you know Wimberley. Uh, so that's what Flex is all about. We're trying to tell these kids stories as they go through things. And maybe, Zay, a great way to end up our last segment talking Flex of 2022, it would be to give a little love to... A flex alum that's playing in the Orange Bowl tonight. Yeah. Cade Klubnick. Yeah, shout out to Cade Klubnick. You know, I've been a huge Cade Klubnick fan. It's crazy how much greatness I talk in these Westlake players on here. I For how much I be hating on Westlake, I do dude, talk a lot of – I give Westlake a lot of praise. It's dude, hard not to. You have been telling every single time that <laughs> DJ Uyunglele's shoe got untied, you were calling for Cade Klubnick, man. You've been the head at, at the head of that group. Yo, 
That's what Dabo's been dealing with all season. DJ, he gone now. Oklahoma State, or I'm sorry, Oregon, Oregon State. Is, uh, is that what it is? I, I saw it the other day. I think Oregon State. That sounds I think, right. I think you might be right. Yeah. It's I, somewhere out west. Hey, yeah, somewhere the, out west. With the way K. Klumnick could spit it, I'm surprised he didn't enter the transfer portal earlier than that. I mean, he's a special talent. He's a born winner. We saw the three championships that he won here in the city of Austin. State yep. championships at Westlake High. So, yeah, I expect K. Klumnick to do big things in this game and next year, too. I think he's right there with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence as one of the great Clemson quarterbacks that could put them into that college football playoff, especially when it expands. This is one of those games tonight where I'll lean a little more on which uniform I dig more because I can root for Tennessee and Clemson in a certain situation. Clemson's uniform is one of the first I fell in love with as a little kid. Really? Plus the Cade Klubnik vibe, and I do like Dabo's, you know, whole story and everything. So I'm a root for Clemson in that game. My SEC brothers and sisters would tell me I'm supposed to root for Tennessee. Nah. I don't go in for all that crap. I'll root for who I want to root for, and I don't for who I don't. My feeling on this one is I'm I'm hoping Clemson pulls it off because I'd love to see us come out of that game with Dabo having to acknowledge Cade Klubnik. Yeah, and Cade Klubnik getting to say. Hello. Tonight, prime time, 7 o'clock start. I'm hoping that the Westlake product gets to prove everybody around here right. By the way, when we talk about flex, one of our bosses here who loves high school football, our man Jason Nassour, really close with the Westlake community, coaching at the Pop Warner level. He has been for years. He is the guy. I can remember him telling Kevin Dunn in my presence about Cade Klubnick when I think Cade was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Like it was that early when he realized it. Hey, man, he's like, I don't understand. You think I might be overblowing this thing? The kid's incredible. Come watch him. Come out. And then we just started watching that progress and it just kept coming, kept coming. So for people like that that have seen the talent, that knew this kid when he was young, I hope they get to soak it up tonight. And by the end of it, I hope Clemson wins and ultimately the Westlake community gets to stand up and kind of bow up a little bit tonight and say, hey, that's our guy. Yeah, absolutely. There were two quarterbacks coming out of that class that were five stars. It was Quinn Ewers, who we knew what happened with him going to Ohio State and not playing in his senior year, and then Kate Klubnick. Yep. Absolutely. Right there. So each and every day at 1.30, we get you that Flex segment, and uh, we appreciate those of you that have supported the Flex idea. For those of you that are thinking, my God, that's a lot of high school sports coverage to be dealing with, we get it. Just be patient with us. It's not every bit of the show, but we are trying to factor that in to tell these kids' stories because obviously high school sports, and specifically high school football, a big deal around these parts. Coming up at 2.05, Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com talking Longhorns. We'll continue to break down what happened last night with Texas and Washington. Up next, where are we at in society? Last one for Zay in 2022. We'll see what he's got for us on the horn.
probably familiar with it. What's this song called? There it is. I'll be there. I'll be there. Whenever you... Um, uh, okay. I'm just going to say the first name that popped in my head. Is it Bill Withers? Was he in a group? No. No. So, no. Who is it? The Spinners. Oh, the Spinners. Dead gummit. It's good stuff. This is a realm that I don't know enough about. I wasn't around... I've never been around people that were way into stuff like this. Okay. The spinners, the temps, the coasters, and stuff like that where it's multiple layered, like right. the layered voices and stuff like that where it's really cool and sort of that, that R&B feel. Respect the hell out of it. I just haven't listened to a ton of it. Yeah, to, to part be able- of that like Motown era, yeah, even a- though the spinners weren't in Motown, it's part of that It's era. got that feel, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Soul Train era. You got a year on this? Nah. Okay. 70s for sure. 70s, right? Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that would have been my guess uh, in terms of a a time frame there. Great song from the Spinners. Got to remember that one. David Bowie, Queen, and Anthrax have all been a part of the show today. Yes, I can identify the Anthrax song he played and not the Spinners song he played. That does kind (laughs) of tell you a little bit about me. Uh, That's what we try to do with music on this show uh, because I always feel like music tells you a little bit about somebody, if not a lot. Uh, Coming up at 2.05, Jeff Ketchum. Orangebloods.com, his thoughts on last night, what was going on on the message boards late last night, what's going on on the message boards today, focusing on Quinn, focusing on Sark, play calling, lack of running back, did you not go to the right running back? A lot of Longhorn fans wondering, why didn't Jonathan Brooks get more carries? Why wasn't he the focus? Why wasn't he the starter? Now, I'll be honest with you, Zay, before we get to where we at, I was kind of hoping that Keelan Robinson would A, get the start, and then look really good. I wanted him to be able to show, I'm not just a swing pass kind of running back. I'll be your every down running back. It just didn't happen that way. I don't think he's that, though. Yeah. You know, I I mean, you look at somebody like Deuce Vaughn, which they're probably around the same height and stuff. He ain't no Deuce Vaughn. He's just not that. You Do you think they're the same height? Is that right? I think they're around there. Wow. See, I don't think Akeelan is being that that small or that short. I didn't realize that. He ain't that big. Okay. So, yeah. You might be right. When it comes to in between the tackles, that's just not his game. You got to get them out in space and do a little trickery stuff, kind of like the screens that they tried to do. If the blocking was better, then he would have had a better game. But, yeah, just... I don't know, just where you saw John the Brooks derive last night and you saw the struggle of Keelan Robinson. It was interesting yeah. starting him those first two possessions. By the way, that little swing pass to Brooks that ended up in the touchdown, you talk about making a corner. Wow. Yeah. That was a nice move. Getting right around there, staying in bounds, taking it right to the end zone. That was the first touchdown of the game, right? Yeah, for the Horns. So that's the first touchdown mm-hmm. for Texas. All right. Uh, we got, again, Jeff Ketchum. More on the Longhorns coming up next hour. Also, why today matters is super easy today because two guys in the GOAT discussions have birthdays. We'll get to it. Right now, it's where we at in society. Let's see what Zay's got. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, last time for 2022. (laughs) And we're going out with a bang. Please go to your Twitter. Okay. It's just anything could be a sport. We're going to retweet this because that's what the caption says. And that's what this is. Okay. We have now gotten to car fighting. What? Car fighting. (laughs) Where picture people, I'm trying to paint the picture for everybody. Oh, my God. One guy in the driver's seat. Uh Uh-huh. One guy in the passenger seat. They got three minutes on the board. Both guys are wearing their seat belts. Once that three minutes starts, they start 
fighting <laughs> and wrestling and what looks like a Saturn. I'm going to throw Saturn under the bus because it's extinct now. How dare you? It looks like a Saturn or it's definitely a used car. You're not fighting in the whip, in a nice whip. All right. But I have the commentary for it because, of course, we got to have play-by-play and color guys doing it. And it's about 40 seconds. Check this out. Okay. Okay, round two underway, and it looks like Ray gets the jump on Davidson again. Wow. Ray already all over Davidson. Davidson's trying to get out of there. He's fighting hands, but that front headlock, that's the go-to for Raymond. Both look that to be front ba- headlock, he's threatening that guillotine, They're but there's not a lot of room to work inside the car. Wow. Okay, okay, again. Davids is making a little bit of space here for himself. He's laid down the passenger side seat, but in the process, he has gotten himself tangled up yeah. in the seat belt. So the seat belt is the worst enemy of Q Davidson in this match tonight. Oh, that's a great Felton's line. now trying to shove Davidson. Oh, that is so good. Okay, Zay, you're telling me the goal ultimately is first one out of the car wins? I don't know if it's first one out of the car. Okay, because there's a I t- want to say there's a time it's limit. just kind of like boxing. Whoever gets knocked out first, whoever gets the most hits or whatever qualifies as doing good, you know, it's kind of like UFC too. Like you get a guy in but, the headlock and stuff. Okay, there's no referee though that I can see. I, I feel like they're probably standing on outside the car because they can't fit. It's a car. It's not an SUV. It's not a truck. It's a car, which... You think that they determine different weight classes by which car you're in? Like, yo, he's terrible in a small Civic, but I saw him in a Suburban and the guy could go. <laughs> the guy in the Suburban, oh he God. dominates. The guy in the hey. Excursion, he's nice with it. But when he gets into a small little Prius, he, he struggles. Remember, do not fight Jones in a hatchback. He's the best hatchback fighter I have ever seen in my life. Zay, I am both excited and embarrassed to tell you that I, I'm probably going to watch this 10 more times today. Oh, for sure. And I think I'd watch this if you put it on a channel I've got. <laughs> and explain it to me. I need to know all the rules now. What are we ultimately trying to do here? Can we? Because I'm assuming they can't like break windows or anything like that. Like, what are See, we- it seems like the windows are already down. So glass shouldn't be an issue. Like, what are we ultimately trying to do here? Is it th- Does it all stay contained in the car, or is it like a cage match in wrestling where getting out of the vehicle might be the thing that gets you to, to victory? I need to learn more. <laughs> okay, so go, I hate that I'm interested. If you go to the beginning, very beginning to have it pause, uh-huh. you can see the ref of a jersey right oh, outside yeah. the driver's. <laughs> right outside the there driver's window. Oh, my God. So, you, okay, they both start. They have, both have to be in the... In the uh, with a seatbelt, and you would think they would switch like each round because having the steering wheel in front of you, you're at a disadvantage. Well, I was just about to ask, do you know who what determines that? I would say maybe like a coin flip. Maybe do a coin. Let's flip. do a coin flip of what you would prefer to or, where you would prefer to go first. Or could this be a weird circumstance where, like in boxing and UFC, you have red corner, blue corner? Could it be the the ultimate advantage of being the red corner, higher rated fighter? Yeah, is you don't have to have the steering wheel. Like, the better fighter gets to go passenger side because he's got more space? Yeah, maybe, but you heard my man on the play-by-play. Like, he tried to recline the chair. (laughs) He tried to go back to make a move because homie in the driver's seat is dominating passenger seat, dude. Oh, my God. He really is. He's struggling. Yeah, he is. So, okay, so it starts, you got the seatbelt on. So the first move, obviously, is get the seatbelt off of you. I don't think that is because those guys didn't do that. I love when he said the seatbelt is his worst enemy here, Bill. This is the worst enemy. We're way behind, but I got to hear this one more time. Oh, my God. Okay, round two underway, and it looks like Ray gets the jump on Davidson again. 
It's a good headlock. Ray already all over Davidson. Davidson's yeah. trying to get out of there. He's fighting hands, but that front headlock, that's the go-to for Raymond. That front headlock Can is I go threatening the that sunroof? guillotine, but there's not a lot of room yeah, to work inside the car. Try to go to the sunroof. Try. <laughs> okay, Davids is making a little bit of space here for himself. He's laid down the passenger side seat. That was but a bad move. But in the move. process, he has gotten himself tangled up in the seatbelt. So the seatbelt is the worst mm -hmm. enemy yeah. of Q Davidson in this match tonight. Ain't it the truth. Felton's now trying to shove Davidson. Yeah, he basically created a mat. But when you lay the seat down, you created a mat. Now, here's my one other quick question. I know we are way over here. Am I allowed to choke the other guy out with the seatbelt? Ooh. Am I allowed to do that? Using props and weapons. Um, I don't know. Yeah. You would think you would be able to. But you, then again, there's some crazy stuff in people's glove compartments. Like, you know, I'm looking for, you know, I'm yeah. looking for hey, maybe sunglasses. I am a pro wrestling fan, so you know what I'm angling for? No holds barred matches. <laughs> That's what I'm asking about. The seatbelt. Yeah, can you get somebody with his, with his sunglasses and can you stab him in the forehead? Yeah. Wear the crimson mask inside the car? Yeah, for a hardcore match, they would have a car seat in there and you could use the car seat as a oh, weapon. Oh, good and call. And maybe like kids' toys. You know how in like a toddler's car, there's toys everywhere mm -hmm. under the seat and stuff. You know, yeah, absolutely. Actually, it'd be a no-holds-card match. There you go. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's your, there's your last bad dad joke of 2022, we hope. All right, 2 o'clock hour coming up. Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com. I hope he's never fought anyone inside a car. Why Today Matters at 2.30. A couple of guys in the GOAT discussions in their respective sports have birthdays today. We'll talk about them. We'll get you set up for a big weekend of football and continue to talk Longhorns and the loss to Washington right here on The Horn.